Welcome to Miscellaneous, where we'll discuss everything Disney from the parks to the movies and everything in between. It's a special Disney recipe every week. This week we're playing a game while retheming California Girl for a restaurant redo. And on to the news. Disney is now offering a range of cloth face masks to wear as part of the CDC's recommendation to help combat the spread of COVID-19. As part of the product launch, Disney is donating 1 million cloth face masks. Say that 10 times real fast. For children and families in underserved and vulnerable communities across the U.S., including California and Florida, and they will be distributed by MedShare. Disney will also donate all profits from the sales in the U.S. of Disney's cloth face masks to MedShare up to $1 million now through September 30th, 2020. The cloth face masks are available for $19.99 for a four-pack and feature a wide range of fan-favorite characters, including Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse, Anna and Elsa, Woody and Buzz Lightyear, The Avengers, and Baby Yoda. Masks are machine washable cold and made of polyester, cotton, and elastane. You can pre-order the cloth face mask available in small, medium, and large sizes now on shopdisney.com in the U.S. for estimated shipping in mid-June. Shanghai Disneyland will officially reopen to the public on May 11th with additional procedures and limited attendance during the initial reopening phase. The details here are of interest to domestic park fans, as procedures here may offer a look at how Walt Disney World may reopen. The majority of Shanghai Disneyland's attractions, rides, some shows, and shopping and dining locations will resume operations with controlled attendance. Some interactive attractions and experiences such as children's play areas and theater shows will remain closed. According to Bob Chapek, Shanghai Disney capacity is around 80,000 per day and the government is capping capacity at 30%. Chepik indicated that the park would initially operate at a far lower capacity than 30%. Of note, there will be no character meet and greets, no fireworks, and no parades during the initial phase of reopening, and everyone in the parks except face characters will wear masks. No fireworks, but I guess that makes sense because they have people would crowd. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. People don't know how to crowd control in a supermarket. What makes you think they're gonna crowd control in just? Oh, the supermarkets are terrible. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, can you imagine now people trying to like look at fireworks? On top of that, yeah, that won't work well. Also, Disney has launched a new Droid Depot mobile app that lets you interact with your astromech droid from Star Wars, Galaxy's Edge, or even build your own virtual droid. The app is available for free on the App Store or Google Play. Also, for the first time today and for a limited time, you can buy a pre-built droid direct from the depot via Shop Disney. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Say that a million times fast. Adventure Kit. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway (laughs) Railway. Shut up. Anyways, their adventure kit is a new augmented reality game that brings some of the ride environment to life on your phone and in your home. The AR, what does AR mean? Augmented reality. Augmented reality. Ah! (laughs) Can I cut that out? (laughs) No. (laughs) The AR game lets you choose vehicles and sets in sets inspired by the ride to allow you to build your own environment in AR and then take your vehicle for a race around your course. 
You can try it out in the Disney Now app, which is available for free on the App Store and doesn't require a Disney Channel subscription. For non-AR capable phones, there is also a non-AR version of the game. Just that Florida, some parts of Florida have started reopening in their stage one efforts, which is kind of cool. And there's actual pictures of places in Disney Springs accepting deliveries and stuff. So my guess is Disney Springs are open first and then the resorts and then parks after. They opened That's- the Irish pub by us. They opened on Monday, but just the patio outside. But we haven't been. We'll probably be one of the last to be open. Yeah, we're not New opening York, anytime soon. Yeah, you're too close to New York. Well, yeah, and we have one of the highest concentrations in the state of Pennsylvania right now where we live, so. Yeah, I was shocked. I ordered a bunch of stuff for work like a month and a half ago, and I got it this week, and they're in Pennsylvania, and I was shocked that we got it. (laughs) And on to our main topic. If you've never listened to a restaurant redo before, it's basically we take a restaurant at Walt Disney World, and we retheme the whole restaurant, and then I put a poll in the group later, and people vote on their fave. Why don't we let Tim go first this time? Ooh, shots Ooh, fired. Ooh, <laughs> Tim. Well, the restaurant we're redeeming is the Venerable California Grill, which we all still kind of maybe like a little bit. Yeah. There's some redeeming dishes available there, but as a whole, after the refurb, it kind of went downhill in, a, in our just, opinion. And just gotten too popular. I really think that's what the issue is. It's it's way too popular for just the fireworks and just there are too many screaming kids and everything. Mm-hmm. So my restaurant is going to be called M. Blair. And in case you didn't gather, it's going to be dedicated to Disney Imagineer Mary Blair. I like it. So the decor is going to be broken up into sections. When you first walk into the bar, the walls near the bar in the open kitchen will showcase her early watercolor works from the California Watercolor Society. With more subdued earth tones, the countertop stools and the dishware in this area will be like all deeper browns, blues, and grays. And when you walk into the restaurant to the left, which is the side facing Orlando, it's going to be from her South America works from Disney's South American Goodwill Tour, which showcased her explosion of color. And that will be prominently displayed in the tables, chairs, dishware, and the carpets will be awash with bright, vibrant colors and have a subtle South American theme. The side-facing Magic Kingdom, guests will be treated to the artwork that she did for the movies and parks like Johnny Appleseed, Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Little House, Susie the Little Blue Coop, and of course, It's a Small World. Tables, chairs, and dishware in this area will flow with the color and whimsy of her years at Disney. Cast member uniforms will be Mary Blair inspired with bright colors and geometric patterns. And the menu will be a fusion of North American and South American comfort foods with an upscale twist. No menu? (laughs) You know I never do menu items. This is the most effort you put into one of these, actually. No, it's not. No, it's not. Go back and listen, it's not. Yeah, I guess I can't remember. Oh, yeah, the last time you did the Muppets. That's right. Damn. I don't think I've ever done a Muppets restaurant. You did. Oh, you turned the, the in Magic Kingdom, the horde, Golden Horseshoe or whatever, you turned that into oh, yeah, a yeah, Muppet. Yeah, 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 yes, right. yes, yes, yes. Yep. Yep. I remember. That had detail. I just don't do menus because it's just a pain in the ass. 
Oh my god, I spent the most time on my menu, okay? <laughs> I struggled with this. I really had a hard time with mine. Because I had three different ideas, had no idea what I was doing with any of them at one point, and then I had to scratch it all together and go with something totally different. And I'm pretty sure I don't like it. But it is. <laughs> oh my god. Go ahead, Adam. <laughs> all right. So I went a totally different route. And what I, I came up with just literally spur of the moment kind of thing was, I don't know if you all remember the scene in Roger Rabbit when he goes to the lounge to see Jessica sing for the first time. Mm -hmm. yeah. Where it's that like kind of like swanky kind of bar restaurant kind of thing. With like a small little stage set up and the clamshell seatings. But I'm going to call it the Ink and Paint Club from that name. And it's going to be set up similar to that. Where you're going to actually, I would like to have like a little kind of stage set up where like kind of the, the, the display kitchen, what are they, the open concept kitchen is right now with maybe just a small quiet jazz bland playing in the corner, all dark and muted woods for the flooring, the ceiling, some really nice candelabras, elaborate candelabras, just really comfortable, really, but upscale. Am I making sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. You picture it. The windows I'm not touching. Ideally, I would like to have them, like, kind of be able to fade in and out is the best way I can explain it. With, like, technology where you can kind of put an overlay on it. Where it makes the restaurant de deceptively a little bit bigger. Like, just by one row. And every once in a while, a tune character would, like, pop up and sit at one of the tables and then leave. But I don't know if the technology's quite there for that yet. And, of course, you'd keep your two VIP side rooms. And those would be, like, the back of the house kind of things with, like, the smoking room, like, with the cigar room and all that. For my drinks, I have a spicy watermelon agave paintbrush. And basically, this is a watermelon agave, like, icicle pop in a drink. Ooh. With tequila. Um like sparkling water, salt, chili powder, lime, jalapeno, and crushed ice. I would and try what it. Gives it. What gives it the sweetness is the when the ice pop melts, it'll sweeten up the drink. Um, I also found a bourbon blackberry Collins, which is blackberry, bourbon, lemon juice, simple syrup, and club soda. Pretty easy, but it's a really pretty looking, really pretty looking drink. I had to give myself a Ginger Rogers here. That is the, one of the strongest drinks I've ever had at Disney. Oh, my God. <laughs> and um, th for those who don't know, it's mint, um, ginger pepper syrup, lemon juice, and gin. And ginger ale as well. And then I found something that was kind of interesting because it was kind of cool the way it was made. It's called a sake teeny. And for it's basically the ice cubes are about they're cucumber ice cubes. So they're small, like little cubes. And you get three cucumber water ice cubes, an ounce and a half of vodka and an ounce and a half of sake. And you just let the ice cubes melt. Then you get the flavor from the cucumber and the water. Interesting. For food, this is where I struggled the hardest because I kind of wanted to keep a Florida theme to it. And get away a little bit from the California thing. I know it. I, I didn't. I still don't understand where we get the Grand California and, and California Grill combo. 
I don't know what the theming was there, but I went with, and you know, it's going to have like your basic, every restaurant has this kind of item. But for some of the highlights I chose, um, from Florida, they have something called Apalochia, Apalachoia. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, <laughs> oysters. Um, conch fritters, which are very popular in Florida as well. You would have a fresh fish catch of the day. You'd have a mojo marinated chicken, which is like gar- cloves of garlics, onion, orange juice, lime juice, cumin, um, oregano, lemon pepper, black pepper, cilantro, and if you want to spice it up a little bit, some Tabasco sauce. Of course, you're going to have to have some sort of filet, but I would love to put like some sort of mango, spicy mango chutney with it. That sounds good. Just to brighten it up. Um, a New York strip, basic, because you always have, just have to have a basic New York strip somewhere on your menu. A Key West shrimp boil with key lime mustard sauce, which I found the recipe for looked really good. And of course, you have to have a Cuban. Yeah. Just a Cuban sandwich. You can upscale it like with specialty hams and cheese and just go all out with it. You can deconstruct it. There was a whole bunch of ways I saw making it, but I think you would you would have to have a Cuban there. And of course, this will be a seasonal menu so that they can change it out when things come in season or out of season. And of course, for the dessert, the main feature of this dessert would be a key lime pie. Of course. Because, you know, Florida makes sense. You'd have to have some sort of chocolate torte dessert. I would love to do one of those melt-away domes for the chocolate. And then have like a dollop of lime or lemon sorbet. So the chocolate would melt over the, melt the dome. And then in the middle would be like a little lime shaped sorbet. And that's what, those are my thoughts. Sounds yummy. Sounds good. I'm afraid. Every time I'm afraid to (laughs) say mine. (laughs) Don't be screwed, Kate. (laughs) Yes. I just did little tweaks to California Grill. You see? Well, that's, that was my problem. I kept on thinking, all right, I want to keep it California-themed, and then I had to realize I had to get away from that because I had another restaurant idea, and I'll tell you about the other ones I have after. But go ahead, Kate, before I give my other ideas out. So I'm, I'm afraid. There's no koi pond. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. There's a koi waterfall? So no. <laughs> I did think about having a waterfall in my restaurant, but I decided against it. <laughs> so the name of mine is MCM for Mid-Century Modern. I'm doing the Incredibles house. It's like what my restaurant is going to look like with the stone and the gray tones and the neutral with a pop of orange from the 60s. It's like a... I think mine's, it's more of, it's like an upscale, kitschy 60s restaurant. So, 50s prime time? I, that's what I said. Uh, update, like a, like a signature prime time. But better food, of course. Oh, come on. Mama's meatloaf is great. That's true. I do I make it. I do make it a lot. <laughs> yeah, the pot roast wasn't that bad either eaten there before i don't have a problem yeah, with that I mean, when when we ate there i wasn't eating vegetables at the time and they got mad at me and served them to me for dessert those collards are gross there i'm sorry they they're not good oh, that was green beans 
Oh. Yeah, the collards there, they didn't season them. They don't taste like collards at all. And for the light fixtures, I'm going to have like the 60s Starburst light gold fixtures. And I want to raise the roof and make it really grand like in the movie. So I'm going to raise the roof as high as I can for Florida standards. I think it already is, Kate. Yeah, I think it's as high as they can put Boo! it. Boo! <laughs> well, this is my... Sorry. And then I'm going to have for the events... I'm going to have a secret room. You like you know they have the secret room in Lamplight. I'm going to have the Edmund Mode themed room for like when they have parties and stuff. But that'll be the secret room back there. And the one thing that Disney doesn't have is a martini bar. The only place you can get a good martini is Monsieur Paul has a good French martini. They you'll have like basic ones all over property, but for my martini bar uh, since it's the 60s or whatever, French martini, dirty martini, um, and, like, maybe a specialty one that's red that's pomegranate or something like that. Cosmo? Yeah, I like Cosmos, too, but that's kind of basic. <laughs> Wasn't that invented after well, the 60s, though? <laughs> no, but I, um, I don't know when Cosmos were invented. But I think the new bar in the library... And the Grand Floridian has a lot of martini. It's supposed to be almost like a their take on a martini bar. Not sure I never actually made it there. Hopefully soon. Hopefully August. Well, I haven't been there in a while, so. And, of course, the regular 60s popular drinks like Sidecars, Manhattans, etc. I'm afraid to go over my menu. I spent a lot of time on my menu, and you it's guys quinoa. always crap all over my menu. <laughs> it's, it's quinoa with no, it's sixties theme. My menu is very sixties theme, so just remember that. Kate, if there's a Jello mold <laughs> involved, I am out. Uh, uh. <laughs> a Jello mold with spam inside. I am so far out. <laughs> okay, so for apps, we have. Like fondue, cheese fondue, that's good. And then, let's see, what do I have? Regular shrimp cocktail, crab dip, Wagyu sliders, like a cheese this tray. Wagyu, or sliders a... would defi Wagyu sliders are definitely 60s. Not every single thing is going to be 60s, <laughs> douche. And for my main course, I, I tried to do different stuff this time. So I have a filet with baked potato and maybe some onion jam, cream spinach or something, and a buffalo strip filet with baked potato, and then maybe beef bouillon was popular in the 60s, so I put that on there with some mash. What? Beef bouillon. How do you say it? Bouillon. Uh, sure, yeah, we roll with that. <laughs> what is she trying to say? <laughs> Because I know it's not whatever she's saying. <laughs> How do you say it, Tim? She's trying to say beef bourguignon. Oh! Maybe it's Japanese. Beef boing boing. <laughs> the new dish. And then I had chicken a la king, which is a chicken and sherry sauce with, with like peppers and stuff. And my kid's meal is going to come in like the dish is in the shape of an old TV dinner. Uh, container and just like basic kid food and for dessert I have a jack jack cookie skillet 
uh, chocolate fondue that you can dip different like fruit and cake and stuff in, a pineapple upside down cake, a chocolate bunt cake with chocolate sauce, and the kids have jello. <laughs> in the mold? I, I didn't think that far through. But, <laughs> but that is my restaurant. It's not that bad. No, it's not that bad. I don't know. I don't know about that beef boing boing, but the, the, some <laughs> of the food that I googled was like the hot dog pie things and the other oh, things, I and I was like, oh, oh, that yeah. stuff looked gorillas. <laughs> yeah, 60s weren't kind to food in America. No, I, I struggled with mine because I really wanted to do a Florida menu, and I kept on flying, finding more Florida street food than anything else. So, did you ever have? Did you guys ever come up with an idea that just you couldn't figure out how to make it work? No. No. Okay, so I had two. <laughs> I was dead set on doing Mary Blair to tie in the um No, that makes girls. a lot of sense. Oh yeah, she's in the lobby. I just thought of that. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. I'm tired. I've been up since four, okay? <laughs> I had an idea where I was running with San Francisco Tokyo for a little while. But they just oh, opened bonds. up. <laughs> that would work, right? Right? No. <laughs> no. But they just opened up the high-end um, Tokyo the Takumite. Yeah. And I don't know if they'd, I'd want to compete with that. And then I had an idea to do something with Tomorrowland, like the movie. Because, you know, the Grand Californian. And I wanted it to be molecular molecular gastronomy. And I didn't know how to even explain the stuff I was looking at. <laughs> I'm like, there is no way. Like Richard Blaze on Top Chef. <laughs> worse. There was like, there was some crazy stuff I was looking at. And it's just like, all right, that's really cool. If I try to say this, this the picture for molecular gastronomy is always so pretty and always so complex that if you just say the dish, it, it loses it. So I, I ran hard into a wall on that one. Well, I I push through any restaurant that I pick, and you guys just pick it apart every time. So, did we pick it apart? Pick it apart no, today. this is the first time you haven't. Except for beef boing boing. <laughs> and at the very beginning, do you have Jello molds? <laughs> oh come on, that was funny. Jello molds and a koi pond. I actually had, and I, I was thinking for Tomorrowland, uh, one of the ideas I was thinking about for the theme was a 50s, 60s theme, and I'm like, yeah, that's too Mama Morrow, so I stayed away from it. But Well, mine's upscale, 60s. But then I couldn't figure out my food, and then I, I dumped it all together. I do yeah. make the top, the sauce for the meatloaf, I, make, I put on my other meatloaf if I don't have time to make the primetime 50s one. What makes the prime times fifties meatloaf so like prime times fifty ish? It has peppers in it. What does it have? It has peppers. The sauce, the, sauce the ketchup sauce. It's a ketchup sauce on top. I think that's what it okay. is. Alrighty, so Tim has our recipe this week, and I don't know if I've done this one before, but it is one of my favorite things to eat. Well, it's no longer at the Contemporary, the California Grill Contemporary, but it was my favorite thing to eat from there. And that's the tomato flatbread. I don't think you have. I'm surprised I haven't. 
because this is like one of my first favorite things from our very first trip together as adults was at the California Grill. This recipe. All right, so you need oven dried tomatoes, three large beef take beef steak tomatoes cored, olive oil for brushing, coarse salt, and freshly ground black pepper to taste. Roasted garlic puree. There's two heads of garlic, outer skins removed and cut in half lengthwise. One tablespoon extra virgin olive oil, coarse salt, and freshly ground black pepper to taste. So for the flatbreads, you need two four to five ounce flatbread crusts, roasted garlic puree, coarse salt, and freshly ground black pepper to taste, oven dried tomatoes, two five ounce balls of fresh buffalo mozzarella, each cut into six slices, one quarter cup grated Pecorino Romano cheese, two tablespoons of aged balsamic vinegar, Ooh. 10 basil leaves chopped. Now this is a little time consuming if you make the oven dried tomatoes and the roasted garlic puree the same day you want to make the pizzas. So to make the oven dried tomatoes, you preheat the oven 250 degrees, line a baking sheet with parchment paper, slice the tomatoes into one quarter inch thick slices, lay tomatoes on prepared baking sheet, brush with oil and season with salt and pepper, bake 90 minutes to two hours, until tomatoes are darker in color and semi-dehydrated. For the roasted garlic puree, preheat the oven to 350 degrees, place garlic on a large piece of foil, drizzle with oil, wrap foil up and cover creating a pouch around the garlic, roast for one hour, unwrap and set aside until cool enough to handle, squeeze garlic out of skins into a medium bowl, use a fork to mash until smooth and season to taste with salt and pepper. To assemble the flatbreads, you need to preheat the oven with a pizza stone to 450 degrees. Evenly divide roasted garlic puree between flatbed crusts. Season to taste with salt and pepper. Divide oven dried tomatoes between flatbread crusts. Each with Top each flatbread with six slices of mozzarella and sprinkle with Pecorino Romano. Place each flatbread one at a time onto pizza stone. Cook until crust is crisp. Cheese is melted and bubbly about five to seven minutes. Cut the flatbreads, then drizzle with balsamic vinegar and sprinkle with basil. This is, I am kind of disappointed they got rid of this particular one. Yeah. I was just going to say the other place that has amazing flatbreads is that place at Hershey that Maria works. That was really good. Yeah, that was Yes, really that good. was amazing. But there was the time when they were using goat cheese on this pizza too, and it was so good with the goat cheese too. Because the goat cheese would offset the acidity and the tartness of the balsamic. Yeah. It, it was just... I'm getting hungry again that I just ate dinner. <sighs> that was the first time I ever had goat cheese was that pizza. But it is really yummy. Have you had a chance to have this there, Kate, or no? No, I've only been there twice. Once with you guys and once with right Mark. I always get the goat the... cheese ravioli. <laughs> yeah, the goat cheese mm. Right before the refurb, they took that off the menu. Yes. Then it didn't come back after the refurb. It's kind of sad because... But it, it it always tasted so good. It always tasted fresh. I mean, we we had it twice when we went there. I want to say, uh, three times. Okay, and it, it was never bad. It always was a great. It was a really good appetizer because it did kind of whet your appetite. The last time we had it was to 2012, and that was when they changed the goat cheese for just the buffalo mozzarella. Still good though. I miss my goat cheese. Do you always get the sushi when you go? And you always get the goat cheese ravioli when you go? Mm-hmm. Almost always. 
I always get some sort of sushi dish, but my favorite thing, and I can never remember the name of it, and I always end up ordering it by accident anyway, is the the spicy one, where it looks like a, like a, almost like a half moon, and it's just, and you dig into it, and all the spiciness, and, and oh, so good. Yep. I'm getting hungry again. I always get the <laughs> filet with the tomato risotto. Yeah, I sent it back. <laughs> Just like, can I get something else? Our waitress was terrible last time we went. The last time you went was when you went with us, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. It wasn't a good time. And I mean, the time before that, if the guy announced that he was a sommelier one more time. I... <laughs> and that time was the only time we sat on the Orlando side of the restaurant. And not and on... just, you know, I'm a sommelier. You know, if you want a wine, I'm like, I don't want wine. Stop. Go away. <laughs> yeah, I wanted a mule. You want any wine? No. <laughs> Stop. You're bothering me. <laughs> Let me eat bees. Okay. I think the other problem, though, when I think about it a little bit more, the menu got really long. Like, there's yeah. a lot of choices on this menu now. It's almost up there with like Cheesecake Factory. Have Not you really, been to but, the brunch oh, yet? Cheesecake Factory is like a. No. Every time I'm supposed to go, something else happens. So I've given It's probably not as good as the brunch on the cruise. That's all I'm going to say about that. Where was the brunch on the cruise? Palo or Palo. something? Oh, well, that's yeah. why. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the best experiences I've had eating. So. Yeah, Palo Brunch was awesome. Um, Remy Dinner was even better. I liked Remy Dinner almost a little bit better than Victoria and Albert's because it wasn't over. It wasn't as much as Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do Victoria and Albert's and Remy again in a heartbeat. They both are that good. Definitely worth it. Yes. Yes. All right. So Tim's going to post a, somebody will post a poll as to who, I don't know who posts the Kate poll. Does poll. Kate, Kate's going to post a poll as to who's going to win this week's challenge. We look forward to all seeing, speaking with you and talking with you next week. Also, if you've ever had a chance to make a Disney recipe or one of the recipes we mentioned, please post a picture of it. Let us see how it came out. Yeah. And that's going to do it for us tonight. We'll speak to you next week. Bye. Good night. Hey, whoa! Bertie loves her sweet potato pie. Lamb cakes piled up till they reach the sky. Oh, I want to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat until I die. Bertie loves her sweet potato pie. Lamb cakes piled up till they reach the sky. Lots of scorches, lots of greens, fancy chocolate covered.